Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Note to Self with Peyton Sarton. That's me. I'm Peyton Sarton. So I have spent the last week or so in Washington, D.C. Right now, I'm reporting live from New York City. I am in my favorite city for about a week by myself before my friends join me. And then Joe, who we'll speak to in a second, my boyfriend, uh, is also going to join me for a few days as well here. So I'm going to be in New York for about two weeks and I cannot freaking wait. I love this city so much. I feel like when I was a little bit younger and super like super in love with LA and super new to Los Angeles, I thought Los Angeles was the best city in the world. I still do. I built myself there. I became myself there. I freaking love LA when I would visit New York and it would make me like uncomfortable because I didn't understand the city and it is dirty and grimy sometimes. And just like, it's just New York, you know what I mean? And sweaty. Uh, I didn't understand the subways. I was always getting lost on them and I would come to New York for fashion week a lot of the time or for just like work. Um, and for some reason now, this is my favorite place literally in the world. I love New York City so much. I feel so comfortable here now. And um, I have for the past year or so, anytime I get to visit, it's just like such an amazing time. And I, you know, my life, my early 20s to mid 20s life did not lead me to New York. It obviously had me on the West Coast. And I'm super grateful for the time I've spent on the West Coast. But sometimes I wish I could have lived two lives so far in my 20s, you know, Joe and I both really love New York like a lot. And we would love to be able to stay here longer term at some point. But right now, obviously, just not realistic with his job. And the only time he could actually like stay in New York long term would be in the dead of winter. So we're like, do we want to do that? I don't know. Unless he gets traded, of course, to like the Mets or the Yankees or something. That'd be so sick. Anyways, I'm here in New York. I will be posting on Instagram as per usual. I will be doing a vlog when my friends get here. You know, y'all know the drill. Also, another thing I wanted to note is there are a couple of videos up right now on my YouTube channel, and uh, I am really proud of some of the ones I've been doing lately. The last one I did, I took myself on a little solo vacation. I went completely dark on social media. I didn't tell anyone where I was going, and I just took myself on a little vacay. Uh, about two and a half hours ish outside of Los Angeles. And that's a really good vlog. And I'm really proud of it. I also go on a huge long rant, podcast style rant. Okay. So definitely go check that out on my channel. I'll link everything in the show notes as per usual. But today we are talking to my boyfriend, Joe Ross. He is a cutie patootie squishy man is like what I like to call him. He's also a professional baseball player. And we talk about that a little bit. For those of you who do not know him, many of you, I'm sure are well aware of, <laughs> of Joe, especially because I post him all the time when I'm with him. Um, but Joe and I have been dating for a little under a year and a half or so. And so I like to kind of have him on the podcast once a month, if possible, just because you can kind of see the progression of our relationship. And I would love to look back and like, look at all the episodes and like, see what's up. We also have some really big plans here coming up in the near ish future. Um, and I, we're happy to share those with you guys when they, you know, come to fruition. But, uh, for now, 
we just have this convo with Joe. We're asking him some questions. I asked you guys to weigh in on Instagram, just things you want to know about maybe our relationship, his work life, baseball, what happens after baseball, yada, yada, yada. So much stuff. So we cover a lot in this episode and I really want to dive into it. So without further ado, here is my grilling of questions to my boyfriend, Joe Ross. Okay, everyone, I'm sitting here with Joseph. We're in DC. Uh, I am going to leave actually pretty soon in the next couple of hours to catch my train to New York. But I've been here for a few days. We've been, what have we been doing? All the things. We did two surprise dates. Lots of things, yeah. We did two, like basically he planned a day like of surprise date activities. And I also planned like half a day because he only had one full off day. But I did a YouTube video about our surprise date that I'm really excited to share with you guys. And then I did just did a TikTok about the one that I did. So can't wait to share those with you. I highly recommend it. Basically what we did was we planned a whole day of eating and activities and drinking and things like that around DC. I actually chose to go to Old Town Alexandria, which I will see. And I felt, I just like love Old Town Alexandria. If you guys know anything about the area, it's the freaking cutest place on the earth. And I'm really hoping that next season, that's where we call home. Dramatic pause. <laughs> we shall see. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to record this podcast episode. Uh, you know, full disclosure, um, we <laughs> were trying to record it last night and I got it all set up. And then we got in a little bit of a heated argument. And I was like, the night is ruined. But we made up and here we are in front of the mics fresh off some coffee and now we're ready to chat. So I had you guys, I had you guys, oh my God. <laughs> Joe's doing the thing again where I say it in every episode, he can't stop moving. He can't stop. So. I'm thirsty. Well, that guy's thirsty. here's the thing. When you have to drink, you're going to say, you're going to look at me and say, I'm drinking. And then you're going to take your drink and we're all going to stop talking so that we can edit it out. So we Cleanly. can ASMR it. I like your style. No, I don't want to ASMR it. Um, so I had you guys ask Joe some questions on Instagram. And uh, we'll just get to some of those right now. Okay, squishy man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first questions I'm going to go. Oh, my gosh, there's actually so many. <laughs> okay. So... The first thing I want to talk about is the baseball thing, because we haven't really covered that that much. Like basically the story of how you started playing and all that stuff. So why don't you just tell us a little brief rendition of the story of Joseph and baseball? All right. So, I mean, basically I started when I was like five or six playing baseball. My brother and sister had already been playing at that point for a few years. So I feel like it was pretty ordinary for me to kind of fall in line and start playing baseball Mm -hmm. at a young age. Did you and like then, it from the very beginning? Yeah, I always liked playing baseball. Even before I was actually playing games, you could have found me like running around trying to play catch with anyone mm-hmm. that was around. So at your siblings, at my yeah, my baseball, my, my family's games, my baseball's games. Um, but yeah, so then you know from that point on, all the way through high school, playing travel ball in the summer. Um, I was going to play in college at UCLA and then instead got drafted and decided to. So rewind, rewind. We can talk about that. That's a, that's a detail we want to talk about. Okay. What so part? when you were in 
we talked about earlier how basically when you play travel ball, my sister played travel ball, softball forever. And now my brother plays baseball. They play literally all the time and they give up their entire lives to play baseball mm-hmm. or softball. And then you got, when you were in high school, you started pitching, right? Yeah, I started throwing harder in high school, yes. Usually, I, I think my brother wants to be a pitcher and he's 16 right now. And everyone's like, wait to pitch until the last minute, basically. Um, though everyone's also telling him to be a position player. But anyways, um, Joe got, he would explain the UCLA process. Uh, I mean, basically when you're like high school age, you go to a bunch of showcases, um, depending, I guess, on where you are, but do a lot of showcases. There are always a ton of college coaches there, um, whether it's like head coach or just scouts or whatever. And then, um, I had a decent amount that would come to just my high school games. that would watch me pitch. Um, so I feel like really at every turn, there would be people watching at some point, you know, more when I was like a junior, I guess, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when the recruiting and all that stuff started happening. And then kind of visiting some schools, I kind of had my mindset on staying on the West Coast, just being from California. I liked the West Coast and was a little biased in that mm-hmm. uh, regard. Um, and then it came down to Cal and UCLA. And then I chose UCLA uh, against my <laughs> my mom and my brother both went to Cal. So I kind of like And his brother played baseball away. at Cal. Yeah. So that would have been a little family moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where was I? But yeah, so signed with them as like a junior, I guess, in high school. Um, And then when the draft came around after my senior year, I was drafted. The draft for professional baseball now. We're not talking about college. This is the. Yes. The draft came around for professional baseball. Um, I was drafted in the first round by the San Diego Padres. When he was 18. Gotta add these details in because people don't know how baseball works. Well, that's what I said, after high school. Um, at 18, you were still So yes, in high drafted school. at 18, freshly graduated at a high school, grown man, just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, decided to sign and go play professionally instead of going to college. Um, played with them in the minor leagues for like four ish years. You got, you got drafted to the Padres, you said? Yes. Okay. And then, um, was traded in 2014 to the Washington nationals. And then, um, my first year with the nationals was when I got called up to the major leagues and I have pretty much been here ever since Since barring some injuries and things like that for the most part. Yeah. Okay. So that's the story of Joe and his baseball career. It's been a long time. Drafted 10 years ago, which feels like forever now. It is forever ago. Like when I went to college, you were going to play baseball. When you were at parties, I was going to play baseball. <laughs> when you were <laughs> at home watching TV, I was playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I also um, want to note that I feel like usually if you're drafted in the first round, most people, we've talked about this, decide to go play professionally instead of going to college because the point of going to college and playing baseball kind of is still get more exposure to play professionally. Mm -hmm. And if you get drafted in the first round at 18, you're kind of already on that trajectory and you don't really need to play in college. 
because you already like went in the highest round possible, right? I would say, yeah, that's true for probably 95% of, of those people. That's of that situation, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to give like a foundation so people understand because mm-hmm. this had to be explained to me a million times. I don't, it had to be explained a million times. I'm, I'm not dumb, but I just wasn't paying attention <laughs> when people were explaining this to me. Okay, so we're also going to ask another baseball question now. What are your most favorite and least favorite parts of your job? My most favorite part about my job is uh, just the aspect of kind of building a bond with my teammates, being around them every day. I feel like you get to know your teammates well, you build friendships, you meet people that you would never meet before as far as people from across the country and just like different countries. And on top of that, we travel to a lot of really cool cities. Um, And in the minor leagues, I mean, smaller cities that I also would never go to. So it's just a lot of new experiences. And I think my least favorite is probably just not being able to really see my family um, and friends from home for kind of a longer period of time, just because I am gone for so long from, you know, it's February through September. So it's rare that you get to see people that you, you know, know and love, but I guess it makes it more special when you do get to see them, you know, when all it's all said and done. I feel like my least favorite part of your job is the fact that you're not around for like things that most people would be around for, you know, like to be my wedding date in various situations to go to concerts and festivals and traveling. Like if I get a, like a free hotel somewhere, the likelihood of Joe being able to go with me is pretty slim. So I don't really have a plus one for like eight months out of the year, which is kind of a bummer, but that kind of goes along with that. Okay. What's your favorite pitch to throw? I guess my favorite pitch to throw would be a two seam fastball. I just feel like it's more of a challenge, like a, you know, going directly at the hitter, um, kind of my best pitch versus your best swing, I guess you could say. Basically, I mean, it's a fastball, so as pretty much as hard as I can throw the ball, but the two-seam tends to have more movement than a four-seam fastball. It's just a different grip on the ball. Why is it called a two-seam? Because when you throw it, your hands on two you seams. see two seams on the ball. When it's coming at you? Yeah. Okay. If I were to throw it properly, you can see two seams on the ball. Uh, the f- the four seam kind of similar, but I'm talking about the two seam. So uh, that's just my favorite. It's uh, I guess more head to head challenge. You know, my best versus your best. I don't. See, that doesn't make sense. So what do you mean your best versus their best? Pretty much as hard as I can throw a fastball. I'm trying to throw it to a specific location, mm-hmm. but um, like off speed pitches, the whole point is to like get the batter off balance. Mm-hmm. That's not when I'm, I'm challenging the hitter with a fastball. So an off-speed pitch is not a fastball. Correct. I know that. I just want you to explain it properly when you're talking. Because imagine that people, some people might know about baseball, but I keep telling you this because people don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you need to give context for people because I wouldn't know this if I wasn't dating you. I don't even, I barely even know it now. Touche. So yes, his favorite is a two-seam fastball in conclusion mm-hmm. because it's you throwing the hardest you can. Mm-hmm. And I'm just challenging the hitter to you know, try and catch up to my best pitch, basically. Okay. That's a great way to describe it. Good job. Okay. One more baseball question. How is your arm doing today? Uh, my arm feels good. I just, I've been resting and doing rehab stuff for the last month or so. 
For those of y'all who don't know, Joe got slightly injured and he has been resting and recuperating his arm for a while since we were in New York. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's move into some relationship questions and we're going to try to go through these kind of quickly. So a lot of people ask, what was your first impression of Peyton uh, after your first date, I want to know, we didn't really have a first date. I had him come over to hang out with some of my friends uh, at a house I was staying at in Scottsdale. And we hung out that night and that, e- that evening and morning. And then I hung out with him like all day. And then after the next couple of days, and then I came back to visit him like two weeks later and I stayed with him. So what was your first impression of me? Um, I would say first impression. I mean, obviously I said that she was very good looking. She was tall, very pretty. I was more just like in awe, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after like actually hanging out for a few times, it just was nice that we were, I felt like we were kind of not maybe flawlessly getting along, but we were getting along pretty well. It didn't seem like there were any really awkward times, which I feel like is very easy to happen. When you mm-hmm. first hang out with someone that you literally don't know at all. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Um, so yeah. I just, I don't know, I felt like everything was going pretty smoothly overall. And it was kind of a breath of fresh air, per se. My first impression of Joe was tall, attractive, and reserved. That's basically my entire impression of him. Like immediately when I saw him. Okay. (laughs) So one of my best friends... Lolly asked Joe, what is your favorite weird thing that Peyton does? And someone right above her actually says, what's a weird habit uh, that each of you do that most people don't know? Um, a weird, honestly, the first one that came to mind since we FaceTime a lot mm-hmm. um, would be, I feel like you work, you work all day. So you get the like late night zoomies, I think. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you do this thing where you put your knees in your oversized shirt, mm-hmm. and then you look like that Kanye West music video commercial or <laughs> music video like character where it's like a humongous Lego person. Uh-huh. You have these really broad shoulders. I think it's hilarious. You just like when I have the zoomies. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's entertaining for sure. That's my your favorite weird thing. I mean the the late night zoomies via Facetime. Yeah, I think that's probably up there. That's really the first thing that jumped into my mind. All right, so here's a really good question, considering I told you guys we got in an argument last night, which is normal, by the way. I have a, people slide in my DMs a lot and ask about, I don't know why people are asking me for specific relations relationship advice about their own relationship, because obviously, like, I don't know your relationship, so I can't really tell you what's going on there. And also, I'm really harsh when it comes to relationships, I think. But people always ask about arguments and things like that, which I think are obviously totally normal in most relationships good ones that I'm aware of have plenty of arguments in them. We've only been dating for a little less than a year and a half now. And I feel like it's just, you know, bigger arguments come up as you move forward with someone. So let's see. Do you have any tips on communicating your feelings? I wouldn't say I have any special tips. Just like let them know what's bothering you. Really? I feel like the longer you, wait on it and just kind of let it brew. It probably isn't going to get any better. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm 
good at brushing things off, but sometimes when it is a recurring theme, it kind of gets to you. So I feel like, yeah, just letting them know like your partner should be able to handle whether it's criticism or just like a comment on something that happened. I don't think it should be the end of the world. Yeah. I mean, the thing is the tips on communicating, that's a pretty standard tip is to communicate. I don't know what, what else to say. Yeah. Um, I think of, there's a lot of different, you know, sub questions to this that I got. I think that I'm definitely an over communicator. So when something bothers me, it's really hard for me to brush it off. And like, let's say something bothers me and I, I sit back on it for a second thinking, okay, like, is this something I need to complain about? Is this something that really bothers me? Or am I just like ticked off in the moment? Whatever it is, I'm trying to learn how to navigate how to notice that this is something that like truly bothers me if I'm just in a bad mood, you know? Um, so in my, you know, opinion, I just over communicate. So if something bothers me, um, I've kind of learned to just kind of outright say it and really work on also pulling it out of him if he doesn't feel like having an argument or having a discussion about something because it seems too complicated or like just like unnecessary. I feel like I'm definitely a person who's like not afraid of confrontation and I don't feel uncomfortable in that. So I make sure that he's kind of like explaining how he feels sometimes. Cause I think sometimes, I don't know if it's always the woman who does this and it's always the man who kind of shies away from it. But I mean, you sometimes, if you're an over communicator like me, sometimes you do have to, you know, pull it out of your partner a little bit. And if they decide to meet you halfway, that's a really good sign. And if they just continue to like, you know, start like putting up their defenses and not, equally communicating back and challenging themselves to like be a part of the conversation, even though it might be uncomfortable. That's like a huge red flag in my opinion. So I think that, you know, if you're an over communicator, definitely kindly and directly try to pull it out of your partner to communicate with you, even though you might not want to hear what they have to say. I think it's better to hear what they have to say, even if it, you know, offends you or makes you uncomfortable. I think it's always best to have it, have an open line of communication with as little judgment as possible, right? Yeah, I feel like it's hard to not have any judgment because you're obviously feeling some kind of personal attachment to whatever it is you're talking about, but I agree. Okay, this is a good question. Do you guys ever feel insecure of the other one because you both have a following and maybe one of you would leave the other for someone else because you both have access to so many people? Um, no. Short answer. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that insecure about it. I feel like that's more just trust within our relationship that that won't be the case. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I wouldn't say it drives me nuts. It's something I try not, I mean, in general, I'm not trying to th think about all the people that are yeah. around necessarily or could be around. I also think we're both just pretty confident in ourselves. And I like, I don't think that you, I don't think you think that men are sliding in my DMs who like have honestly as much to offer as you do. I think you're pretty confident in where you stand on that level. So it's not like people are like sliding in my DMs who are like these like competitive, someone who would compete with Joe in terms of like, if we're all picking our boyfriends in a lineup, <laughs> they're not going to compete with them in that situation. And I won't say it. I don't have, I think I don't have had anyone slide in my DMs who I would look at and be like more intrigued by than you, one. 
even before we started dating, besides you sliding my DMs. So there hasn't been opportunities, what well, you're that's saying. Where I, that's what I'm saying, number one. My point is, I think we're both pretty confident in the fact that we're not, there aren't many better people who are gonna be matches for us anyways. And then two, on top of that, because we're in a committed relationship, we do trust each other. And we have said there's no point in worrying because basically either of us can, you know, if we feel disrespected or something like that happens, if the other person does start talking to someone else or just does something to kind of taint the trust in the relationship, then we both will be okay without each other at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and are strong enough to move on and make that decision once we feel disrespected. Because let me tell you, if either of us feels disrespected, (laughs) it's definitely a conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are not super shy about, you know, acknowledging that if the other person feels disrespected. And that would be such an obvious disrespect, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so what do you think guys look for in girls most often? Or what did you look for in women most often? I feel like when I were to look for things in a woman, it would probably be like overall their mindset on, I mean, I feel like a lot of things, but just like their own personal career, things that are important to them. Um, I guess priorities in life mm-hmm. to, to give you a broad answer. I feel like the most common thing, at least that I see when I go home in the off season, I have time to actually meet people and like mm-hmm. see people I'm out. Um, it's mostly out, say at a bar or something like that mm-hmm. on a weekend. And I feel like that's when I get the gist of like, does this person live to like go out on the weekend and like have fun and then hate their life for five days? Mm-hmm. Or do they do something that they enjoy that may be unorthodox because it's not just like working for some company that doesn't know who they are mm-hmm. in like a grand scheme. You know what I mean? Do you want someone who had a good job? That's basically it. Who um, is doing, who's doing something with their life that they're involved in and they are engaged in almost yeah. as much as you're engaged in your professional life. Yeah, but I mean something that they're committed to that actually has meaning to them. Not just yeah. like, oh, I work for uh, say, Safeway. That just was the first thing that came to mind. I work at corporate Safeway and like, it's just my job. And then I, on Friday, I can't wait to go to the bar. That's one thing that I'm just like, eh, like that doesn't attract me. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, the energy I feel like of like, what is important to you in your life. Um, But yeah, like obviously I've spent countless hours and whatever committed to baseball. And obviously, I mean, not everyone can be that Mm -hmm. direct towards one specific thing, but um, I feel like if there's no intention then that's just kind of an overall turnoff for me. Okay, this one says, how often is the deed done and who initiates most? Is that a question for you? Joe, these are, (laughs) have you noticed a pattern? These are all questions for you. (laughs) How often is the deed? Well, I will say I'm initiating most of the time, unless it's drunk pee, then I feel like, the roles are reversed. <laughs> yeah. Um, how often? I mean, it kind of depends. I feel like if I don't see you for her, you mm-hmm. for a month, 
I feel like the first day I'm probably going to be a little excited. Um, but I feel like the longer, if you're here for like a week and a half, obviously we're not going at it all crazy every single day, all day. Yeah. So it kind of depends. How, how would you describe how many times? I mean, I feel like sometimes, especially in the beginning, we had sex like multiple times a day, every single day. I feel like there were, it was kind of an ins- insatiable factor. Also for the first like year that I was with you or less than a year, but almost a year we joe had taken the season off so we were always like traveling somewhere like going out and eating and drinking and just like the whole thing was like a fun vacation every time i saw him so we definitely had sex like multiple times a day every day but like obviously that's not sustainable and eventually when we live together like you have to live your life and as a woman like i have to live my life on a daily basis and some days like i just don't want to be entered you know (laughs) like i just don't want to deal with that and everything that comes with it aka utis and things like that tmi but that's the truth so we'll see how that goes once we like you know when we decide to move in together and do all that stuff but i would say for now joe probably initiates most which i feel like is pretty some like the same in most situate like relationships between a man and a woman and when i get a little tipsy though or drunk then i'm like a monster it's like those TikToks. Have you seen the TikToks where it's like when your girl gets home from brunch with her friends and she like knocks down the door <laughs> and you're like hiding? <laughs> yes, I've seen it. Yes. It's exactly like that. And you're like, that. hee hee, that's me. <laughs> okay. What is something you love about Peyton, me, that I don't, she doesn't recognize it enough in herself? I feel like, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I feel like the double-edged sword of like you being very hardworking. I feel like Mm -hmm. I say this to you a lot, especially when you have days where there's, you're just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that she's, like I said earlier, she has, you know, her laser focus in on like what's important to her and like things that she wants to do and then goes after them. Um, Little does she realize that's like 12 different things at once. And it's mm-hmm. like constantly trying to make each one of them better, which I like because it's like, wow, that's you know inspiring that she's working so hard and all these things. But then I feel like sometimes you're overwhelmed by how much work it is. And then I feel like you don't realize how much you're doing and how yeah. things are going well. I feel like you've started four different like side parts to your job in mm-hmm. the last couple of months, like this year. And they've all been doing well. Um, it's not like you're like, this is viral and that is viral, and that, mm-hmm. but it's like they're all doing well. And I think that's something that you kind of look past because you are thinking bigger picture on like what the end goal is. It's never enough, I think is what he's saying, because I'm also a perfectionist. So I just don't yeah. realize that I'm like everything I'm doing, I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm, I'm doing something. I look at everything I'm not doing mm-hmm. and I'm upset about it. Every time I could be at the top of anything. I'm just mad about all the things that I'm failing to do, which is going to happen with anyone. All right. What issues could you see your relationship facing in later years and how do you hope to navigate them? Um, I feel like just moving in together in the whole, like per the last question, you're like always going, always working on something. Mm -hmm. And in the off season, like, yeah, there's a goal in mind that I'm getting ready for next year. 
but it's not like I have to be doing something every second of the day to yeah. get there because that's not work, how it works he has physically. To dedicate his life for eight months all the time, and then even then, though, like you do get adequate amounts of sleep. Like you go in, you get your, you know. I mean, yeah, it's not like a twenty-four hour a day job where I'm actively working twenty-four hours, but there's time where I have downtime. But then in the off season, there's like, okay, I can. Turn off the switch of like needing to be ready every single day. But like for four straight months, it's like that. Like it's very. Yeah. I mean, it's slower early on and then I get more geared up towards being able to play and like Mm -hmm. get ready for spring training. But my point by that is it's not a nine to five work schedule. No. It's a much less time than that. And And I feel like. Resting. um, I have my ability to turn it off and relax and like just exist Mm -hmm. and i feel like sometimes that escapes you (laughs) um and i feel like there's going to be a point where somehow me just existing is going to be annoying to her but Mm -hmm. which even right now in my head i'm like how but whatever (laughs) not my problem here's the thing that joe doesn't realize joe gets paid quite a bit of money to play a sport that he likes and he enjoys and he has um he's both really, really good at what he does, and he's worked really, really hard, and he also got exceptionally lucky to be born with a skill that he likes to do and the ability to find that skill, monetize it, and make a ton of money off of it to the average person. I don't get handed a paycheck. Like, I can't get injured and be given a paycheck still. If I don't work, literally, if I don't work, I don't make a single dollar. I have to do every dollar that I make is hustled for. And nothing is promised and I have to keep working hard to get to the next check so I can make sure that I can pay my bills and save my money and build this life that I want to have. So I hustle a lot because there's that sense of what if I don't get another opportunity? What if I don't get this? Because it's not promised. It's not, I'm not getting a paycheck from anyone else. Like I have to really, like I said, hustle, hustle, hustle to make it happen. I think that's a loop that influencers get caught in because nothing is promised and we work for ourselves and when you're your own boss, it's really difficult to have balance because you feel so guilty and scared, honestly. Um, that's at least my deep-rooted you know, fear that I have in me. So I, I just work all the time because I don't know when it'll end and I want to take advantage of every opportunity. So it makes me really nervous. And Joe doesn't have that problem because he makes substantially more than me at this point and he can have the freedom to have someone else give him instructions on what to do and tell him what's going to be best. And he's worked really hard throughout his entire life. Like this isn't something that just happened. He did sacrifice a lot growing up and everything. So he's kind of reaping the benefits of that right now, but I haven't been able to reap the benefits of (laughs) any of my hard work quite yet like that. So I think time is ultimately such a luxury and I hope to feel secure enough one day. Um, and we'll see if that happens. But yeah, I don't think I'll be mad at you for for chilling out. I think that uh, I would be annoyed if after baseball, it takes him a lot of extra time to like get to do something different, you know, like instead of I feel like with athletes, sometimes it's hard because you kind of mourn almost like the loss of your career. Even if you played for a while, even if you were really good and you did all the things like you've done this one thing for such a long time since you were literally five or six. That's all you knew. And then one day it's going to be gone. And so there's always like a time where I'm like thinking, you know, there's a grace period, like you're going to have time to relax and really take a break, maybe do some traveling, things like that. But um, I just I know of, you know, athletes, various people who 
just don't mentally give it up in their head yet and move on. Um, and I think that is something that I could see happening, but I feel like part of the reason I started dating Joe is because you did have other interests that weren't baseball. You play baseball a lot, but I feel like you have other interests and things that you want to do after, but that could potentially be something if, you know, you react to the end of your career differently, but that's the only time I'd be like annoyed with you. If it like got for, for too long, you weren't doing anything, you know, after the fact, but that's way later down the line. I think it just comes down to like, I mean, yeah, there's going to be the point where you're like, wow, all the stuff I've been doing to play this whole time is not, you know, no longer a thing. And I feel like that's going to be a weird time. You're going to need like a, you're going to need a time to one, digest all of that. And two, even if you want, like, let's say you play forever and you're like, hey, it makes sense to like, I am going to retire on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you a moment to adjust because um, you really have been doing this for such a long time. For sure. But yeah, some people take too long. I'm like, okay, if that happens, I can give a grace period for sure. But, you know, if there's, if it goes too long where someone, you know, you're confused, you're not ready to move on, you know, all these things, that's something I could see. And that's, that's a situation in which when you're explaining how I'd be annoyed with you, I might be annoyed by that. But if he's just chilling in the off season, I think, I don't think I'd be annoyed with you. I think if anything, he'd be annoyed with me for just like working so much. Also, just like anything with communication, and I'm sure like, you know, having kids, that's another layer, you know, having our finances come together, that's another layer, anything with money, we just haven't really faced these things yet, you know, so I'm sure we're going to have conversations that are difficult conversations down the line about those things, I would say. All right. This one says... (laughs) What things are you scared of and what things are you looking forward to or pros cons of you guys moving in together eventually? Pretty Mm. much that. (laughs) Existing, coexisting. Um, I think it'll be fun. I feel like when you've come and visit me during the season, like it's back and forth being like, fun and sometimes hectic when you feel like you're overwhelmed with work but i think also you're traveling and working yeah it makes it really difficult i think like if we move in and then i feel like that transfer the balance will be a little bit easier to maintain because you're not like lugging your podcast or like doing all this and then fit you know i mean it'll be more of a normal schedule i think we'll Um, have we'll have a schedule also it's really hard for me once i go from like West coast to East coast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like now three hours ahead in time. And then we have like a week or so together. It takes a couple of days to get like set in a new time zone. And then I'm basically gone. Um, so whenever we're, it will just be on the same like schedule. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like same internal clock. We'll definitely have a more of a pattern and a routine of ways of doing things. Um, that's your pro question. I was trying to think, yeah, what did I say? <laughs> I think that was the pro. I feel like, I guess the con, um, hmm. uh, nothing really comes to mind. I feel like neither of us are actually, you know, I was gonna say neither of us are crazy messy, but you come with one suitcase. So I haven't really experienced that like yeah. me having all my stuff, you having all your stuff, us trying to like literally fit in one space. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think I'm pretty organized. I'm less organized now, like when I have apartments and roommates and stuff like that, because, uh, you know, my roommates that I've had since college, like I'm not dating them. So I can't be like, like, Hey, organize your stuff. Hey, clean up your stuff. And I also was not in their rooms, you know, like when we move in together, we'll like literally live in the same room share the same closet, share the same bathroom. And I feel like it's going to make me excited to like organize everything just because there will be so much stuff and it will require organization. So I'm actually kind of excited about that. I'm also, you'll have so much stuff. My <laughs> minimalist. I'll, um, I'm also excited about like being able to do the small things together, like cook and like just hang out on a Sunday and have again, those like routines and things that we do that are special. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'll be fun. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that stuff will be fun. Even like our making our morning coffee and stuff. We just don't have those experiences with each other quite yet. Cons about living together. Mm. I think the cleanliness will come into factor. I think that will probably at some point be become a topic of conversation. I don't know if cleanliness is in terms of like stuff everywhere. Cause I am worse with stuff everywhere. Cause I have so much stuff, but Joe is worth worse with like actual cleaning of things like cleaning the countertops, cleaning the bathroom, like physically going through and cleaning. Like, I feel like we're going to have to hire um, housekeeping services or something. Yeah. Also, I feel like. Plus we're a dual income household at once we move in together and we don't have any children or dogs there at the moment. So we could easily afford to pay for housekeeping. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like in the off season, I'm big on just, if I don't want to do anything or go anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere or do anything. Joe likes I to can... stay at home. Let me, let me paint the picture for you. Joe likes to put all of the shades down, turn <laughs> all the lights off and live in his apartment. Like a person who's never experienced depression before coming from the one who literally walks around naked with her blinds, just non-existent <laughs> half the time. <laughs> Cause I don't care. I also live on the, literally like the 30th floor of a building where the, when the sun shines on my building, it's reflective. So no one can see me during the day. So you think. I also don't care. But yeah, I feel like, I don't know. There's just, I, sometimes I just like to relax and like, That's, it's not that I'm like, don't bother me, but it's like, I don't, sometimes I just don't feel like going anywhere or being like yeah. overly social. I don't know. I feel like in general, I'm a little just introverted. That's something so. I'm concerned about, I think truly with the way that you live. Joe's never really, he's not an anxious person. He's not a depressed person. So he can sit and literally like, a room void of daylight and be totally fine. I, the first thing I do when I wake up, when I wake up in the morning is make sure the shades are all up in the house. There's light, there's music. Like I just need things to be alive. And Joe could just like sit in the dark all day and like not even have one stitch of anxiety. That <laughs> so part might be, be true, but I can still exist and I'll yeah. be fine. And I just, no, I can't exist like that. It's going to be bad. Okay. This is more of like an advice situation. Advice? Mm-hmm. So, Joseph, what should you do if you're confused with where things are going with the guy? Do you just ask him? I want you to think about it for a second. Don't just give out random just advice. Curious where things are going with the guy. Do you just ask him? Yeah, I mean, asking won't hurt. I feel like no guy that has been interested has been asked and then was like, oh, how dare she ask? Like, I'll never give her another chance. You know what I mean? Like, 
okay, you ask and what's the worst thing that happens? Like he gives you the response of like, I'm not looking for anything crazy serious. Like, or then you found your answer, I guess. I think there's what that, are you looking there's for? that age old conversation. That's like, where is this going? You know, to kind of get an idea. Yeah. I think in my experience with men, the ones I've ended up being with never confused me about that. As I say, I feel like their actions, like what you guys are doing will kind of show if he's interested. Like if he's like, Hey, like, are you going out on Friday? And you're just like always meeting up at the bar mm-hmm. and like, that's it. Then you're like, mm, he's probably not trying to date me. Or, or sometimes he could be like just socially awkward. Yeah. Well, I was going to say some, I feel like most, I'm not going to say most guys, but I feel like some guys for sure aren't like overly direct mm-hmm. or you just like want to slowly build, uh, I guess into being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one thing that I never liked was like, don't try to like make me be dating you right away. Like, so that's what she's asking because again, I think guys are very defensive when they hear these words. That's why I say it's an age old question of where is this going? Because I feel like it gets the connotation of the girl wants something more because if you're a girl, if I was talking to a guy that I had no interest in dating, but I wanted to know where he was standing on it. The second you open your mouth and say those words, it makes them for some reason think that like you want to date them when really you're just like trying to communicate properly. Men have a hard time communicating sometimes and they get very defensive about everything. So I understand your anxiety about asking that kind of question. In my opinion, the kind of guys that I like, the kind of guys that I've dated, I have not really asked where is this going because they kind of showed me what they wanted and where it was going. And they told me outright and otherwise, basically, as I was telling Joe and how I've told, I've talked to Joe about anything I did previous to him or before we were dating, I'm like, I'm going to live my best life and I am single until we have the conversation otherwise. And we had that conversation probably a month after we met or so, maybe a month or two, probably a month after. Mm, probably like two months. After mm. we actually met in person. Because after, after maybe a month, yeah, know. after we actually met, it was about a month after that we had that conversation and things just went smoothly. And we, it wasn't like a weird, what are we conversation? It was more just like, oh, we're dating. And we acknowledged it and then we moved on. So I, I just think that t- in my opinion, I personally like guys that show me both show and tell me mm. where it's going without me really having to ask because they're so adamant about it going there. Um, and I think if you are confused about where it's going with a guy, if you feel comfortable asking, it's kind of more of a case by case scenario, but also I would live your best life, date who you want, do what you want until you're taken because you don't owe them that. And if you guys haven't had that conversation yet and you don't need to be settling down on one person, um, and doing things with him in mind, unless that conversation has been had, in my opinion. I mean, I get that, but also I feel like if you're interested in someone, say she's interested in him mm-hmm. and she's unsure um, whether he's feeling similar or whatnot, I feel like if she's like, oh, well, I'm just gonna keep living my best life, even though she's interested in him and like wants to pursue something, and then is like, hooking up with other guys. And then he's like, yeah, I'm I'm interested, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, you know, I've been doing X, Y, and Z. I feel like 
But you're, that's what I'm saying. You're allowed to do that unless the guy says he's interested. If the guy doesn't say he's interested, he has no claim on this. On I'm not saying he's claiming, but I'm saying if you're saying that you're interested in him, act like you're interested in him and not just be like, oh, well, you have to tell me. So then I'll be your girl. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like if I was interested in you, mm-hmm. but we weren't dating, I wouldn't be like entertaining a bunch of other people because I am interested in you. Well, at, you this, I mean? at that that's your decision, but at that point, it's none of my business. If you're well, it's just asking for advice. That's yeah. just my opinion. I think a lot of the times, as women, we are told we need to save ourselves, and I'm not saying go around and have sex with everyone either. I'm just saying men don't often understand that. For us, when I say, you know, entertain either no one or entertain whoever else you want, I don't mean go have sex with everyone. If that's what you want to do, do it. I'm talking about it rents space in our head as women because we get emotionally attached to things. And men, I feel like, don't do it as much. So let's say you're you're talking to a guy, you're confused. It it really takes up a lot of emotional space for you. So when I say those words, a man hears me saying, go live your best life and have sex with everyone. What I mean is go live your best life and do whatever you want. And don't let this person take up too much space in your head unless he has asked you specifically or made specific movements to deserve that space. And I think that's hundred percent my advice. I only will be with men that do things that show me that he wants that space in my head and that he deserves it for me. Cause that's a lot of energy emotionally speaking. So if living your best life means going to hook up with other dudes, do it. If it doesn't mean doing that, do that. So I'm just saying, keep an open mind, I think. And, um, Make sure you're putting yourself first, in my opinion, until someone proves that they deserve to be in your mental space. You know, like once Joe and I had that conversation, Joe was a part of my life in a big way after that point. But before that, I didn't really owe him a whole lot because we weren't committed to each other. You know? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you feel like that conversation is going to be received, like if he's mature enough (laughs) to not be like immediately defensive, I mean, if he's immediately defensive about a conversation like that, I feel like that really just like lets you know where you stand. I would have that conversation, um, you know, in a non-pointed way, just so you guys are both on the same page. So I don't really, I guess my answer really is you aren't committed to him. He's not committed to you. Do what you want. If you want to communicate that to him, do it. And his response to that will tell you everything that you need to know, I think. And just to note, again, always, whenever I say living your best life, Joseph, I mean, start your fucking business. Go, you know, do influencer things. If you want to be an influencer, Start a company if you want to start a company. And all of these things are going to take mental space in your head that otherwise would be taken by a man who hasn't even committed himself to you yet, you know, or hasn't even had the conversation yet. That's kind of my whole point. But again, if you do want to go have sex with whoever you want to, if you're a sex fiend, be safe, but do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) It's not his business what you're doing. This one says... Do you think it's true that if a guy wanted to hang out with you, he would? Yeah. So like 
you think that if you really wanted to do something, you really wanted to hang out with the girl, you would make it happen. Okay. Yes. But also like, I feel like you kind of have to give a, a little bit of leeway. I feel like, I guess this goes both ways. Like say you want to hang out and do something and he has plans with other, like people that are important to him, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, like just be reasonable. Don't be like, oh, there's this thing that's important to you, but you'd rather do that than like go on a date with me. Like mm-hmm. let's pump the brakes a little bit. But if it's like, oh, every time you guys are supposed to do something and make plans, he's like, oh, I can't, you know, something, something came up and there's an excuse and it like obviously keeps happening. Then like, yeah. Clearly, it's not that important to him, I feel like. Yeah, we don't like people who cancel more than one time. <laughs> That's not okay. The, ser- the seriousness on your face right now. We don't, because that happens <laughs> a lot. You know me with my friends I've seen lately, like, posting about how, like, they straight up have gotten stood up by guys at bars. Like, from a dating app. The guy just literally doesn't show up. That's fucked up. So, yeah, if he cancels... That's strike one, but maybe something bad really did happen. Uh, otherwise he just doesn't want to be there. If he oh, are we talking twice. like you have plans and then like he just no shows or what's the, what's this? Okay. So I'm just going off of what you said because you take the questions very differently than what so I take Sometimes them. they just, how it comes into my head. So the, this is a play. This question is a play on the whole thing on TikTok. Have you seen the thing where it's like, if he wanted to, he would. And it's how guys are doing like. Girls, again, we let men emotionally rent space in our head without commitment because we're just women and we care and we feel things for people because we're kind, gentle souls. I haven't seen this trend, so I don't think. Okay, so it's more like we'll uh, we'll reserve space in our head for men who haven't shown that they deserve that space in our head. Mm -hmm. And we will leave emotional space open. We'll care about them. We'll try to make up make sense of the things that they do that are fucking asshole moves and try to make sense of it because we want them to be the good person that we see them as in our head and we want it to work out with us because we care, right? So what she's asking is like, if a guy wanted to hang out with you, he would make it happen. No ifs, ands, or buts. If he wanted to hang out with you, he would make the date happen. He would show up to the date. I feel like I was like on online. Yeah. Online? In line? Yeah. So the question is, do you like basically do you agree with that if he wanted to he would kind of thing uh yeah i feel like i mean i feel like effort kind of uh shows what's important mm-hmm. so yes i would agree i really don't have any other words i'm just kind of rambling at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. i was thinking i feel like i've heard that if he wanted to he would but th- it's always some like Overly extravagant, like well, that's that's where the, the joke guy rented the moon for a night. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? well, that's that's like where the joke yeah. part of it okay. came from. Well, because I'm, sometimes I'm like, is that expected? Or mm-hmm. is every girl that likes a guy thinks he's gonna like rent a a yacht for them to for like the night? Okay, like, here's a, here's Jesus. a good learning here's a good learning thing, a learning point to make of that specific oh, okay. situation. That's a good question. When it's when when they talk about that, if he wanted to, he would. It's just more about making the girl feel special. It's not about how. Mm. Crazy. It could be, it could be a little scavenger hunt around the apartment or something like that's, they'll say that on videos of things like that. So they don't need to be, again, <laughs> Joe's like, they have to rent the moon and then I had to, no. I wish you had seen what was going through my head when you said scavenger he's in the apartment. So, <laughs> he's so drama, guys. Um, 
This is another example of men being defensive. <laughs> and thinking it's a bad thing. Well, I'm like, what is this TikTok trend? I've, apparently, he's always trends I don't well, know. Well, it made a, it was making a joke. Okay. Like, if he wanted to, he would. And they then that the turned into, then. you know, guys doing really nice things for their girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And girls being like, you know, if he wanted to, he would. And now guys are like, you McGee. Well, the ones I, that's why you asked. I'm like, well, I don't know if that I've seen you, the ones the that, yeah, I got the. <laughs> Um, whatever, whatever. Apparently Next Joe question. doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uncomfortable. This girl says, what's your best advice for a first date? I have one tonight and I'm super nervous. Mm. I know my best advice for a first date. I would say don't attach too much meaning to it and just truly try to enjoy yourself without trying to envision <laughs> what's going to happen after the date and how things after the date are going to go. I would truly just be your best self and just like enjoy yourself and have a good time rather than overthinking it and be very just relaxed and let yourself have fun. All right. My, that is, it's sort of where I was going to go with this, but not really. Mm -hmm. I feel like for a first date, and this was just maybe because I feel like first dates, I would generally be somewhat nervous to meet someone that mm -hmm. I was like hoping things would go well. Yeah. Cause like if you, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to just go mini rant here. Okay. I feel like if you meet someone, say you meet someone at the bar mm -hmm. and you strike up conversation, like there's really not much pressure there because you're just talking to a stranger and it could be like a seven second conversation or like maybe you make a friend or maybe whatever goes more. But like a date, there's already the pressure in your head built up. Mm -hmm. So my answer was going to be like, take like a shot or two before you go to the date. Yeah, I think that's also. Purely just to like kill off the initial nerves. And then I feel like you'll probably be more of your normal self because yeah. you're not like the most nervous, biggest nervous wreck in the building. I know? think that's a very useful tip. And I also think that you do that for sure. I was thinking, yeah, when you said tip for first date, I was like, bam, take a shot or two. Yeah, you depending can take a on shot. how big you are. Maybe maybe have drinks wherever you go. That's kind of usually a first date thing, I feel like. Um, but I think that that kind of goes along with calming your nerves. And I think the thing is you the reason you get nervous or stress is because of overthinking or hoping and attaching some kind of like meaning or something to what happens on that first date. So you just like over hype yourself and get like nervous and you you're kind of overanalyzing what he's doing, what you're doing. At least I did that a lot if I actually cared. I would say most first dates I went on, though, which weren't a ton because I wasn't a huge dater, I would know, though, like if I was attracted to that person within the first, what, 30 seconds of meeting them and speaking to them, most of the time I'd say 80% of the time I was not attracted to them. <laughs> so I went on first dates and I was fucking killing it at first dates because I didn't ever see a second date happening. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to have a good time. And I would kill it at first dates when I didn't really care. You know, but I wasn't care. I didn't care about the outcome because I knew there wasn't going to be a second. Were you date. killing it because there was no second date? It sounds like it was getting killed immediately. Were you killing it? And the date was just not the vibes. No, when you meet someone, like men may be different, but when I meet someone, I know for a fact if I will or will not be having sex with that person at some point in the future. If I look at someone, and most guys that I look at that I met on dates, I knew. 1000% which within 30 seconds that I was never going to have sex with that person ever in my life. So I knew, you know, okay, I have this lunch date. I have this dinner date and drinks. This is a person who has like interesting things to say. I'm just going to have a good time on the date. 
I know I'm not going to say yes to a second date and I'm not going to probably answer their texts <laughs> or I'll, I'll answer them just like politely and politely decline. But I feel like I, those are always the best dates, honestly. And I didn't even want a second date, but it's because I truly just enjoyed the person I was with and I didn't try to build a future in my head, you know, and I didn't have hopes for anything. I was just like having a good time. And those were great first dates. It sounds and I like always you're got the second date looking asked. super hard. Maybe I'm just as like a, I don't know, maybe the guys are this way. I feel like you go on the date. You're just like, I'm focused on like what we're having, you know, having a good time right now on the yeah. date. I'm not like, oh, I hope this goes well so that next time we can do this and blah, blah, blah. I feel like. No, my point is I'm not saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to survey him so I can decide if we're going to have sex tonight or the next date or the next. I'm saying I know by your body language that I'm not physically attracted to you. I know it most of the time I'm a hundred. I, when I look at someone and talk to them, I understand the chemistry immediately. I can read their body language and I can tell physically if my body wants to be on theirs. And especially with the help of alcohol, if it's not there, I know I'm not going to sleep with you. So what's the point of me going on three dates with you? I'm not going to sleep with you at any point. I'm not going to date you waste my time on three separate dates when I could be at home working. So that's my point in saying that again, it's not, it's not so immediate that I'm, I'm like, Oh, won't sleep with them. It's <laughs> over. No, I'm just like, I know I'm not going to sleep with this guy, but I'll have a good time while I'm here. And those all, my point is that always ended up being the best dates. I didn't want to go back on another date, but I also a hundred percent of the time got the text to go on a second date. Hmm. And I think it was because I was just genuinely enjoying myself. Maybe I did take my shot before. I don't really remember that though. That was when I was like probably 23. I was going on you were like definitely that. taking shots before 23. Yeah, but I was also like going on lunch dates a lot of the time. That's another one of my... Like you don't drink before lunch, let's be real. Well, I had work. I would go on a lunch date and come home and work. Yeah. But um, I also... Another tip I would have is for any first date, I loved to not make them a long thing. I feel like with Joe, our quote first date was with a group of people, so it could be longer. Like it was okay to spend more time with them because there was more going on. But mostly the first dates, um, I tried to like make them short and sweet. So drinks, lunch, something like that. Yeah, I feel like drinks. If uh, I would pick drinks, I think as a as a good first date. Yeah, kind of whether you take shots before or not, you're kind of relaxed. It's really easy. You know, there's people watching. I feel like when you're getting to know someone and maybe you're not just like having the most fluid conversation all the time, mm -hmm. having some good people watching and never heard. Maybe you start chatting to the bartender. He's kind of like being the wingman, helping you out. Yeah. If your game is whack. We like the bar scenario. That's a really yeah. nice one. Um, even if you don't drink, you can order like a tea or something. It's just a nice in and out situation. I think. All right. True. This one says who's more dramatic. Joe's more blanket dramatic about literally everything. And I think that I get dramatic in very, very specific situations. Agreed. I'm, I'll be like, in my mind, because she's going to say it's not funny or mm -hmm. fun. I'll just be like dramatic about the smallest, her hair in my mouth. And I'm like, he, he just likes it's to just put like, on a show again it's just like, like the, it doesn't mean anything i'm just like having fun this i feel like another thing where i'm just having fun for no reason being stupid and then you're like i hate you <laughs> <laughs> he just imagine like the baby of the family because i always say this to him because he is the baby of the family he's major baby of the family vibes he loves he doesn't like attention from a lot of people but he likes 
his attention from very specific people. And he's always kind of like the class clown vibes, but only to his family and friends and me, not like not overall the class clown. You know what I mean? I feel like being the clown is fun when it's within context. Yeah. Otherwise people are like, that guy's an idiot. Yeah, no. You're like, you're, you let it, your guard down and your, your introversion kind of mm-hmm. diminishes when you're around your people. I would True. say. True. Correct. Okay. So, um, okay. We have two more questions. These can be quick. This is a, this one is a juicy one. This is a juicy one. Oh God. Do most baseball players cheat except for you? Of course. <laughs> no. <laughs> On your team. No. I'm saying no on your team because your team is like one older guys with full families and they're all just like very. I feel like your team is pretty straight laced. Like they've been um, on your team. So for the past three, four, what, three, four, five years you've been on it? I mean, yeah, we've had like generally an older team. Mm-hmm. I don't think being older, you could be an old dude that cheats. I feel like that's not really. I know, but I think there's some kind of thing between, like, I think veterans just have a different perspective on the game and maybe whatever fleeting fame that you do have as a baseball player. Like, that does, that's the access to people we were talking about earlier. Um, I feel like veterans act a little bit different sometimes. Because I think when men get older, they just learn better. Maybe they stay the the same the whole time. I don't know. I feel like you're... Mm. I would say statistically speaking, from what I know of sports, I think, who what was the article? I think Sports Illustrated might've been the people to put this out there when I was much younger. My mom showed me the article about the uh, people who were athletes who cheat the most. And she definitely just typed that. <laughs> it's your being like, I'm gonna make a Sports Illustrated article. Why would you see that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did not type up a fake Sports Illustrated article. She was showing us this, and it was a bunch of ratings of who cheats the most, what sports cheat the most between the NBA, NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball. And it was apparently a known thing then, literally statistically, I don't know how they're gathering this data, that uh, Major League Baseball players cheated the most because of reasons like their season's being the longest, they're gone the longest, they're gone a lot, they play almost every single day. So they're traveling a lot. And so they just kind of are known apparently to cheat the most. So I always said I would never date a baseball player for that reason. I, you know, I feel like the NBA gets shit on a lot with that kind of stuff. And I would, I picture the NBA to be cheating the most because I feel like they're always like kind of consistently the most famous because there's only like five of them on the court. Yeah. And they get paid a ton of money. I would say like most recognizable of the sports would definitely be basketball, I think, because one, you're most likely like six five or taller, so you immediately yeah. Stand so that out. you're most recognized. People that see you play see your face always. Mm-hmm. Like baseball, you were in a uniform, you were in a hat, like you were in a helmet. Maybe if you're hitting, football players are in a full uniform with a helmet. So I feel like maybe they're the most recognizable mm-hmm. and like stand out the most. Also, I feel like I don't know when this article was, but if it was like an old old article, I mean, think about before there were like been, cell phones. And it stuff had like to that. have been so like, like I don't know. I might have been like 17. Basically just like 10 years ago. Pre-camera phone. And then like, I guess baseball, there's 162 games. You travel a lot. 
So you're traveling around the most, I guess, between baseball and basketball. That'd be like my guess if I would have to pick a sport because yeah. they both travel. Basketball plays less too. So they have more off days. So to like do whatever they want. basically what he's saying is he's not going to snitch on his teammates. And not he also saying. wouldn't know, I don't think, because I feel like they're not like, y'all don't like talk about stuff like that that much from your teammates. I feel like your teammates could be doing things with their lives that you didn't know about easily. So you can't really give us an answer to that. Because they're not in the locker room on any team that you know, or when you're in the off season working out with guys who play baseball, they're not like, dude, guess who I'm cheating on my <laughs> wife with? That's not like a thing. I mean, I feel like that'd just be dumb anyways. I don't well, know yeah. if that's even... Guys don't talk about stuff like this as much as girls do. Um, but no, in my opinion, I feel like baseball <laughs> players, I think all men cheat. That's one thing I get asked about dating an athlete. Um, I think athletes cheat. I think... Guys who work desk jobs cheat. Guys who work in music definitely cheat. I don't think I could date a guy in uh, like a touring artist. Guys in all the sports cheat. Guys in politics cheat. Guys working on Wall Street cheat. Men just cheat because they're disgusting. Do women cheat? Yeah. I would venture to say it's less than men. I feel like I've seen that there's similar numbers. I don't, I don't have like an article to like whip up for you, but. Yeah. I don't know. I From what I know of, like, just people that I've known in general, I've known a lot of women. I would say they get cheated on more often than are doing the cheating. Because you have to also remember, at least for me, when it comes to sex, I, for me to finish or any at all, I need to be, like, connected to a person. So it would have to be, like, a cheating situation for my personal gain. I would have to, like, have been seeing this person and know this person and, like, been around them for it to be worth it. Like the sex to be worth it. So do you think no if someone you knew, like a friend of yours or whatever, mm-hmm. cheated on their boyfriend or whoever, they would tell you? Probably. It depends on how close of friends that we are. But yeah, I feel like that's conversations that I've definitely had in the past. Hmm. With my friends. I was just, I was just curious. honestly with people that aren't even my close friends. I feel like some people just want to tell someone <laughs> and they know I won't tell um, or really judge them for it. But no, I, I think that um, Joe's not going to answer that question. Even if he, if his teammates were cheating all over everyone, Joe wouldn't sit here and be like, yeah, all my teammates are cheating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that was even a question. <laughs> That's not going to be something he's going to no answer. point was he be like, you know, actually, like in my day. <laughs> all right. So we'll end on the very, the most important question. If you were stranded on a desert island, completely stranded, what is one meal or one restaurant meal that you would take with you? Like I just get to eat a meal or you're saying like, this is a confusing question. There's only one or restaurant like Postmates meal is like, hey, I'll get you together. one free delivery via helicopter. Y'all are stranded on an island and there's only one restaurant slash meal you had together. Hmm. I know you're going to say Carbone, so that's already out there. Yeah. Um, one meal. Well, we have to agree on it, I think. I thought this was a question for me. What? Mm-hmm. Of all the questions now, I have to answer This one says y'all us. are stranded on an island. It's directed at two of us. 
Hmm. So put up the meal that you're thinking about, and then I will tell you if we. Well, if it was if it was just me, it would be a meal that my mom makes. Mm-hmm. That is fire. Okay, but the question is the, mo- the meals that we've had together. It says specifically. Um, I feel like sushi would be a good one because it has so many different like nutrients. You could get your carbs from rice, protein from fish. I would low-key be mad if someone was like, hey, you're deserted on an island for surrounded by water. Here's some sushi. Here's fa- I, that would make me mad, I think. <laughs> I, Why? I don't know. It just When you said that, I was like immediately, ugh. I don't know, something about being on you an island. Angry. I think if I were to pick a meal, it would be Flippin' Soul, that soul food place mm-hmm. near my house. It's, uh, it's like uh, soul food and... Is it Thai? What are uh, lumpia? Um, Filipino. Oh, yeah. it's it's soul food Filipino. I did. Sorry, I did do oh, some deductive reasoning. Yeah. We did have that. Um, yeah, they have like fried chicken. There's like uh, New York. I think it's strip steak or ribeye, mac and cheese, rice, lumpia, greens. I already said mac and cheese, but mac and cheese again. Mm-hmm. The comes with a sweet chili dipping sauce. Oof. So Fire. Carbone versus that. Yeah. 100%. Are you kidding me? I'm talking about we have now you've presented your meal. And oh, I yeah. No, mine. I was saying 100% that over carbone, even though you're, <laughs> we were going to have to agree on one. I was still just saying <laughs> that one for sure. So Agreed. we're going to do carbone. <laughs> no. So I feel like here's the thing. <laughs> Screaming and something mind. about what is it's just something about that food. It's so good. Carbone? Yeah, it's butter and oil. No, I'm not oil talking about carbone. I'm talking about flipping soul. That's what I'm saying. It's butter and oil so and cheese fire. and everything. It's amazing. And rice. It's just so savory. It's filling. I feel like if you only gave me one plate of Carbone spicy vodka, mm-hmm. I'd be like, one, not even remotely full. Mm-hmm. Well, you could get other stuff from Carbone. They also have like truffle pasta, I'm pretty sure. I thought Breads. Mm. Okay. This I'm is st- taking too long. But I'm still, I'm still not picking Carbone. No, it's not Carbone. <laughs> so don't strain us on a desert island because we don't have that answer quite yet. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to end this with Joe's note to his self. Okay, you have to think about a note to your, maybe your younger self. And you can tell us, because that was another question. And that's how I'm trying to remember to end these. And I'll think of mine. I would say... hmm. I feel like I did this... I don't remember what I said last time when you said no to myself. Mm-hmm. It might have been this. But I feel like try new things mm-hmm. or at least try learning about new things. Yeah. So I feel like to that go be- through the process of like trying a whole new thing, I'm thinking more of like a business perspective, you know, mm-hmm. that obviously takes like a lot, not just to learn about it, but then to put it into action. But just take the first step of learning about something new that could benefit you. And maybe you learn and you're like, eh, I still don't really like this. And then you can move on mm-hmm. without like throwing yourself into the fire and like 
committing to something new that could so in your off season you're gonna try something new yeah what do you want to try um (laughs) it's a secret you guys will find out but i have some things i have some things that i have been wanting to try and one in particular that i tried and then just didn't quite make it all the way there (laughs) fizzled out things happened I got distracted. That was the last off season? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, learn about new things. Okay. My note to myself is you have some money in your bank account. And if you don't work for a whole day, you probably won't (laughs) descend into massive debt and have to leave your apartment because you can't afford it. You're going to be okay. That's my note to my current self and my past self. <laughs> Actually, my past self, not so much because I didn't have any money in my bank account. <laughs> and now I live every day like I'm that person still. Just relax. That's my note to self. That's my. That's what I know my future self would say to myself right now. Just fucking relax. And enjoy the ride. All right. Thanks to Joseph for being on the podcast. We finally got it done. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me. If y'all have any more questions for Joe, uh, you can DM them to uh, at NTSYPS on Instagram. Also, I want to say that Note to Self is going pretty viral on TikTok lately from literally the first TikTok that I posted. So if you guys don't follow me on TikTok, go do that. I'm loving my followers and my listeners who come from TikTok too. It's just a whole new like group of people that I wouldn't have reached via Instagram, which is the platform I probably use the most. So thank y'all for coming and listening to this episode. Thank y'all for subscribing. Make sure to rate and review on the Apple podcast app. if That's where you're listening. If you're on Spotify, just click follow. And that's the same as subscribing. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Find me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton. And I think Y'all obviously have noted that I am starting to post these uh, episodes on Thursdays because I just feel like that's a better day for me based on my current content schedule with like YouTube and everything else. I feel like Thursday is just a better day. And I like the idea of everyone being able to listen to this while they're, you know, putting their makeup on to go out on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, just something nice to listen to while you get ready. That's always what I've had in mind for this uh, episode or this podcast. Today, we're missing our little drinks. But we tried the drinks last night and it just ended in disaster. <laughs> you just ripped a shot before we tried. And I was like, this is going to go south. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next Thursday.